Welcome to The Vine, a plant media project podcast with your hosts, Elizabeth Sheldon and Gina Vensel. The Vine is an insightful look into the world of plant medicine, exploring the changing landscape around cannabis and psychedelics and ending the stigma through educational discussions. The Vine podcast does not offer medical advice nor condone any use of illegal substances. Consult your physician or therapist before making changes to your wellness plan and before trying alternative healing medicines. We welcome you to the end of the year 2021 Founders Chat. We wanted to tell listeners about what we learned at the end of this year before we start anew in 2022. We want to thank all of you for tuning in in 2021, and we look forward to many more conversations in 2022, but really it's it's you that helps us keep moving forward and producing these podcasts and so appreciate your support. I'm just so grateful for all of you for tuning in. Thank you. So we started December with a trip to New York for the 14th Horizons Perspectives on Psychedelics, one of the longest running and the most prestigious psychedelic conferences out there. And I think Gina has a secret to share. (laughs) It was, you know, I've been trying to keep quiet about it, you know, because it was right before, you know, we started planning to go to Horizons. And then Elizabeth and I were looking online and realized that they had a remote position that opened up to help out with some marketing. And so I applied and got the gig and was able to work on Four Horizons for the 2021 event, which was so exciting to be able to be behind the scenes, help the conference get ready. Um, It was a lot. I mean, it was we got up there to New York. Um, December 1st is when the programming started, um, and it went through the 5th. So the first couple days, there was events at the New York Academy of Medicine um, that included some classes, um, introduction to psilocybin and MDMA and ketamine classes, which were fantastic. And then on that Thursday, the following day, was the Psychedelic Business Forum that was produced by North Star um, and Horizons. Are you familiar with North Star, Elizabeth? Um, I, tell, tell me a little bit about it. I, I've heard about it. Yeah, so North Star is is really something I think that's going to become even more and more important um, in the future because it's a North Star is a nonprofit itself, but it's it's shaping psychedelic businesses around psychedelic wisdom and ethics. So it has a mission, and you can join it um, to take an ethics pledge um, because this is a new industry and it's really important. And we know about new industries and mistakes that can be made, and and just making sure that all the practitioners and the people in the business space and that everyone is coming from the right place. So if you want to learn more about North Star, you can go to northstar.guide is their website, and if you just do backslash ethics pledge. You'll be able to learn more about that pledge. But it was great to know that North Star is who worked with Horizons on the Psychedelic Business Forum because they really make sure that the industry is focused on compassionate capitalism, using this industry and how, as, a, as a way to help others and being centered with heart. I just feel like it's such a an important an important thing. We'll see many more psychedelic conferences, I'm sure, you know, pop up over the years. But you know, this was one that I knew was a leader and I was just really grateful to have an opportunity to be included with it. And then we ended up uh, having some fun uh, with our friends up in Brooklyn. <laughs> was, I mean, that was the greatest part before I was going to work for the organization. And we went ahead and said, all right, let's get an Airbnb in Brooklyn with our psychedelic friends from coast to coast. 
And these friends of ours age from their 20s to their 70s, <laughs> from journalists to psychedelic startups. And it was really just people we loved, right, Elizabeth? Oh, my like, gosh. It was. It felt like a family, like you say. It was just amazing to be with everybody. If we could get all of our favorite people together in one house <laughs> and go to this conference, what would it be like? And it just worked out awesome. And then we had a couple friends that we were able to invite um, that earned scholarships to attend Horizon. And then they were able to come with us, too, because we had a big old house and there's plenty of space for everyone. And I feel like we need to start thinking about our next trip because that was just too much fun. It was too much fun. And I just before we get off of North Star, I'm just going to tell you my cynical side on that. And, um, you know, I often wonder sometimes these groups form so that they can self-police. Right. And they want to do it so that another um, maybe governing body or larger body doesn't come in to tell them how to do it. Um, you know, it's better to sort of form this um, organization and and begin policing yourself. So I, I am interested to see how how this works and if it does sort of clean up some of the things, the mishaps that we've seen uh, in the industry. There was certainly some heavy topics at Horizons. Right. That, I mean, there was a lot of conversations about how are we going to make sure that there's not, you know, that the, the psychedelic practitioners are, you know, leading with heart and that, you know, there's been, you know, talks of different kinds of abuse that's happened and, you know, what kind of, you know, support can we have within the industry itself to protect one another from that sort of thing happening? And it's very heavy. I mean, these conversations are very different than some of those we've gone to at some of the cannabis conferences right. that we've attended. Right. I mean, there's a seriousness here to, you know, these compounds being still federally illegal, um, the ability for them to heal people in ways that other healing modalities are not, have not been able to help them, whether that be traditional farmer or various other things. And what is this going to look like for our country moving forward? Are we going to be able to end the stigmas quickly enough to keep up with the science behind this pushing along? I mean, MDMA in the next couple of years will become an available treatment. It's FDA approved. So what what will, you know, if, if the, the street name ecstasy and the the rave scene gets a bad rap and that's the only way that this drug is being seen you know i wonder we we talk on this podcast so much about ending the stigmas around cannabis but there's gonna be a lot of work to do in psychedelics yes yes and and the name itself so um what was one of your favorite things? I'm just going to tell you one of my favorite things about the event was seeing all our friends. It just, yeah. um, and I loved Sarah Rose's uh, psychedelic comedy show. <laughs> it was great. I, I know. I know. No, we were, I'm so glad we were able to have her on the show ahead of time. Me too. Me too. But even hearing the preview, I don't think did it justice with how absolutely awesome and hilarious it was. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, the favorite part, my favorite part about Sarah's show was Sarah. I think she's just yeah. literally one of the brightest, funniest people. And she knows how to break down the mundane. And, you know, sometimes uh, things get very sciencey, very technical. Mm -hmm. And um, it's just nice to have some uh, light put into that those conversations. And after a very heavy day of conference talks all yeah. day long, I mean, her event took place in the evening at the Caveat Theater. So like after the events were all day and that's when we were moved to Cooper Union and we were the events on Saturday and Sunday were um, in um, the Lower East Side of Manhattan. And so we were able to walk from the venue 
about less than a mile away to go to Sarah's show. And I just feel that being able to like go with a whole big group of people and walk there together and then get into a space where we all know that we were all sitting together, like just being educated and hit with all these heavy topics and to be able to just laugh together that was just, I feel like such an important thing for me. I felt so drained after just so many days of working so hard. And then that, like, I felt so like hard, that event. Gina. You really did. So what did you love about her event? What did I love about it? I mean, I think that when Leonard Pickard read to the woman that was doing interpretive dance, I think that that was like absolutely incredible. Um, but I really think that like, there's just something really funny about, you know, everyone talks about Rick Doblin, you know, founder of MAPS. Um, and they always want to talk to Rick about drugs, but Sarah, she wanted to find something unique to talk, uh, to Rick about. And so she interviewed him and did this video segment where we got to watch these like hilarious and amazing kind of, um, throwback photographs of Rick while he was explaining the story about how he raised a wolf. <laughs> You're right. You're right. Do you remember that? Awesome. And then, and then it goes on to show like, you know, him wrestling with this wolf and this wolf getting bigger and like getting big teeth. And like, he's like, you know, like like naked in the woods running with this wolf and stuff like it was just so if you feel like you're missing out you don't have to worry because sarah now that the show already happened she posted the entire performance for free on youtube so we will make sure that we link to the episode on uh this founders chat blog post on our website so that you all can watch it because it is just it is just fantastic you're right you're right i for i, I totally <laughs> forgot about that that was very enjoyable and very funny. Can you imagine a better you? Empathic Health is a global community providing support so you can find more fun, freedom, and connection in your life. Empathic Health is my integration solution for incorporating my healing work into my daily routine. Empathic Health has given me a space to use my voice to express my thoughts and be myself in a safe place. I'm excited to get to the type of work that gives my life more clarity and joy. Helping others has done nothing but help me in return. Know your medicine, know yourself. Join Elizabeth, myself, and the rest of the community today at empathic.health. Well, what do you feel about like the conference as a whole? Is there somebody that maybe that you like left that spoke to you the most or that like really resonated with you? I have to say that it, it that would be Leonard Picard. Um, he was uh, a gentleman who was convicted of one of the largest LSD manufacturing uh, facilities in history. And um, just as a backstory, and he told his story uh, about um, having his LSD lab and what it was like um, to then go to prison and live in prison for 20 years. And... Um, it, you could not hear a pin drop when he spoke and he showed us the pictures of the cell that he lived in, the men that he lived with, how he could go out in the yard and he couldn't even see the stars because of the way they pitched the roof to keep everyone confined. Um, you know, it really gave me uh, insight. It was so real about the war on drugs and, and taking this brilliant man who uh, went to Princeton. He didn't finish there. He went to Harvard, um, Kennedy School of Government, and um, he was locked away. He's one of the first people to really call out fentanyl years yes. and years ago. So, um, 
you know, how is it that we uh, take people that have done, um, I, I don't know, I guess it's dealing with things that are federally illegal, but now we're all coming out and, and raising awareness. And, and he sat in jail for 20 years of his life. And he's now in his 70s. He got out on compassionate care. And, and maybe you want to add on to some of that. But that is really what stuck with me. I, I, I agree with you. I mean, I, I was, you know, working behind the scenes. So there's a lot of other things going on, but I made sure that I took time to go down and just stand in the back of the theater and listen to that man speak. I mean, we were lucky enough because I got to see this like artsy side of him when he was at Sarah's show the night before. Right. And then the next day to like really hear the story, of course, up on this beautiful stage with big LED screens. So when you're talking about seeing these images, I mean, they're massive images of, you know, how, you know, their uh, arms were chained together, chained to their stomach and, you know, in shackles. And I mean, it was just, it was really, really difficult because, you know, earlier in the week, we're talking about psychedelic business and, and people making a lot of money off this and the potential of making a lot of money. And we just, same kind of story that we talk about in cannabis. It's like, you know, we can't forget about all the people that paved the way for us to get here and how many of them are still sitting in jail today because of these compounds and that you know it just leads me to think that like we can't really truly be in this industry without caring about the policy around it as well i agree with you and um hopefully we'll hear more from him um someone told us this morning that you know and i didn't realize this i mean he's just out in july so um, and I think he was at Wonderland in Miami, and then he was at Horizons, and hopefully we're going to see a lot more of him speaking out. Um, yeah. We, we more uh, compassionate man. And like when he talked about, you know, just like using meditation as a tool to get him through all those years, you know, and like just like the power that we can have over our mind to control how we feel about things. Like I get so verklempt talking about it because it's just it's so hard. It's just so, so hard, you know. Because we, we sit on this podcast and we're so lucky to talk to everyone from, you know, the business side of things to the doctors to all of that. But like, I am just so jazzed up about we need to change these policies. Yeah. I want to change this policy in my hometown of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I want these policies to change in my home state. And I want to see this federal change as well. I, I mean, I know that we're, we're at least on a path. You know, there are big things coming, but really you are a grassroots activist <laughs> and I so appreciate that about you. And um, you definitely walk the walk and uh, walk the talk, whatever mm -hmm. that saying is. <laughs> so tell us and listeners, all of us, about what's happening in PA with the psilocybin bill and, um, you know, New York's bill that might actually legalize psilocybin. <laughs> Can you believe it? I yeah. know. That was, it just like came out of nowhere. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So little backstory here, how I got connected with this at all is that Elizabeth and I um, work with the Plant Medicine Coalition out of DC. And through that, I uh, was introduced to Brett Waters, um, who got to meet at Horizons. We got to spend some time together and um, in real life, which is so great because we've been living, you know, the Zoom lifestyle for so long now with um, COVID. Right. Um, but uh, Brett um, has an organization called Reason for Hope. Um, and he um, wrote the um, Pennsylvania psilocybin um, bill, um, which is a research bill. So this is not a decrim bill. This is not um, a legalization bill. But what we're talking about here is the fact that there is a massive 
issue with our mental health, specifically for veterans, first responders, and their families. We're running out of options. There are too many suicides happening all around us to good people. We need to do something now. And we're asking our politicians in Pennsylvania to give us an opportunity to have research legalized, specifically starting with veterans, first responders, and their families tied to the use of psilocybin as a therapy. A couple cool things about this is that Pennsylvania is actually the mushroom capital of the nation. Did you know that, Elizabeth? You know what? I had no idea (laughs) until you told me, and I think this is going to serve us well. I think that, you know, it works out because um, there's a little um, town outside of uh, Philadelphia called Kennett Square that apparently produces the most mushrooms uh, in the U.S. Um, But that's just a funny little PR way for us to say that, you know, let's let's keep um, mushrooms a part of Pennsylvania and let's find ways that we can utilize them to heal others. Um, I'd love to see this pass. I mean, it was introduced by a female Republican veteran um, and is now um, a bipartisan bill. So we have 12 Republicans and 12 Democrats that are signed on as of right now. Um, And in the next couple of weeks, we're going to be hopefully bringing this to the Department of Health. Seems like things are moving forward. And we really hope that we're going to be able to get this passed. This is just the first bit of it. Um, especially because this uh, is not synthesized psilocybin. This is like, you know, growing it in Pennsylvania and actually getting to use the psilocybin. And then also what's different is, you know, the Johns Hopkins um, studies and and various others in Imperial College, you know, are very much in a clinical setting where you lay down on a bed and you have the eye coverings over your eyes. Um, And that's not necessarily the case of this research. In Pennsylvania, they're saying that you should be able to be in a group setting. You should be able to be out in nature. If you want, and I'm really curious to see what kind of research can be done to see, you know, in my experience, psilocybin is the way that you feel most connected to nature and that you feel connected to the world around you. And if maybe we can take this therapy out into nature, will that be more impactful to the patients? And we don't know this yet because we've never researched it. Right. So, <laughs> and, and none of us have been able to do psilocybin therapy in a clinical setting. So, right. I mean, it's got to be a completely different experience. It has to be. And I, you know, getting to hear Dr. Johnson speak at Horizons and just like, you know, it was so cool. And just like, you know, knowing that there is a lot of hype in the media, like talking up, you know, where, you know, what this can be, but we have to be cautious. I mean, we don't want to end up like this, you know, the cannabis space where, you know, everybody pretty much is like, all right, rub a little CBD on it and it'll be fixed. Right. Like we know that cannabis is not a cure all. And I feel like in the plant medicine space, we realize that the healing is going to look different for everyone. And we want to just be able to have access to all methods of healing so that people can legally get access to the, to the plant medicines or, or compounds that, you know, will make them feel better in their life because things aren't getting better. Pandemic's still going on. People are still suffering major, major mental health problems. I've lost so many friends to overdose this year. It's just not fair. We have to do something. A hundred percent. And, you know, there are going to be people that just don't feel comfortable unless they're with a doctor in a clinical setting. So, you know, let's make it available in whatever way works for people. Whatever way. So I think, you know, let's also just give a little shout out in cannabis news. (laughs) Fortunately, you know, Safe Banking Act died again. um, So that's disappointing. Um, People are still having to carry a bunch of money and uh, they're in harm's way. 
doing that, especially these days. Um, And the other thing that I thought was really interesting, because when I visit my dispensaries, um, I use these cashless ATMs and Visa sent out a warning to all cannabis companies saying, if you're using cashless ATMs, we're going to shut you down. So um, I don't know what that means for the individuals, but I'm assuming, you know, our banks aren't going to like it. So um, that's something that we'll have to keep an eye on and see how does the industry sort of reshuffle to be able to take money from us, you know? So in the meantime, as a patient, I'm probably better off going online, figuring out how much money I'm going to spend, go to my bank, take out the cash and just deal with cash for the time being. The same old way. Yeah. But just that is probably still the safest way then, right? I mean, that would be the safest way because we don't know what Visa will do. I mean, Visa could just put a freeze on your account, like just like make it inconvenient for you until you have to explain that, hey, you're a patient and you're doing this. Or they can kind of be worse, right? They could try to shut your account down or say that you're dealing with, because I know in Pittsburgh and I won't, you know, drop any bank names, PNC, but um, I know that my other company, um, my, my easy street business, I have to be very, very careful. That was why, you know, when we started Plant Media Project, it was like, okay, we had to find a bank that would allow us to do business with plant touching companies. In Pittsburgh, where I'm at right now with my other business, if I want to plan an event for a cannabis or CBD company, I can't accept money in my Pittsburgh bank. Right. So what are we, I mean, this is like- Let's it, give a it, shout it out to Severn in Maryland. Yeah, there we go. Severn Bank in Maryland. It's is, is, is doing it. We yeah. appreciate you. Against and, all odds. Exactly. And, you know, finding those local banks in your community and supporting them and letting them know that you appreciate it's the only safe way for us to do business. And we, we are all in a legitimate business. Cannabis was deemed essential during this pandemic. And yet we're still talking about whether or not we can use a card or whether yes. or not the- Facility. I mean, it's just absolutely ridiculous. And with the Safe Banking Act dying again, I mean, I know that we sit on different political aisles sometimes on conversations, but I'm pissed at Biden. Okay, (laughs) there has been nothing that he's done for us with cannabis since he's taken office. And it's it's ridiculous. I mean, we have to we have to really figure out and uh, and find a way to stop putting all the other like like political stuff aside and say that cannabis is a bipartisan issue and we need to come from it both sides of the aisle saying this is something that is not only healing people and helping people but hey you know what there's a lot of money that could be taxed here too and we could be using that money to help our communities in incredible ways yeah from fixing roads to schools to helping homeless let's name it there's a lot of revenue to be made so if you go from biden down to the states americans for safe access is going to soon be putting out their state of the states report and that basically ranks the states uh according to their cannabis friendliness and so I totally encourage you to go on and take a look at your state and see where you rank. And um, then, you know, uh, you got to reach out to your lawmakers and, you know, decision makers and say, we got to do better. And I'm hoping that, um, you know, I'm hoping that Maryland's going to come out somewhere 
near the top. I and I'm hoping for you, Gina, with PA, but <laughs> we're probably more looking at we're, the middle to the bottom. I was going to say we're probably somewhere floating in the middle. I wouldn't put us at the top um, in any way, but I will say that the way that the Americans for Safe Access organizes that makes it easy as a consumer for us to go on, recognize which state you live in, and then be directly connected to your politicians That's so true. that you can share your information. So it's very organized. I'd love to have. ASA back on our podcast to talk about this because I know when we originally started the podcast, that was one of our first episodes was this is such an important the state of the states report is really important for each of us to not only see what happens in our local state, but take a step back. Where are we as a country and how many of our states are really making these changes? And it's really important to kind of, I think, take a step back and really see like, are we moving and pushing the needle in the right direction with cannabis? And uh, federally, it's just not moving quick enough. And and yeah, holding your lawmakers accountable. ASA definitely um, helps us do that in a cohesive, organized way. So um, I, such sage advice. So I hate to say the end of the, the year. year, year <laughs> and um, I'm just going to say thank you again to our listeners. Thank you to all of you. Thank you to you, Gina, for um, being such a brave uh, soldier out there in this plant medicine world. And uh, we look forward to talking to a whole new group of people and maybe some oldies, but goodies, you know, that have, (laughs) have made some changes along the way or, you know, talk to them about their progress. But again, we couldn't do it without our listener support. And we want to thank all of you. And thank you, Elizabeth. This has been such an amazing journey. I mean, like, we learn so much, don't we? we? Like, I mean, we're learning right along with the listeners. I mean, we're trying to find and bring people on that we feel are not only leaders in the industry, but also that just have insights and information that would be willing to really tell us the truth about what's happening in the movements of cannabis and psychedelics. So we encourage you that if there's someone that you know in your community that would be a good fit to be on our show that we could ask some questions to, or you yourself are a business owner and would like to, you know, be a part of the vine, you know, please reach out to us. You can go into our website at plantmediaproject.com and you can just email us straight from there. And we'd be really delighted. A lot of times, you know, even if you don't make it onto the podcast, the relationships that we're creating in the mycelium network of of people that we've created over this past year has been so great. And we just want to continue to see all those networks continue to grow and blossom. And we want everyone that that is a part of our plant medicine community to know that, you know, we're here to to help each of you um, connect with anyone in the industry that we will be able to. So, and with that, I guess this is our conclusion mm-hmm. to our 2021 podcast episode. So thank you all for tuning in to the Vine and Plant Media Project podcast. You can tune in to get your podcast and subscribe to never miss an episode. For cannabis and psychedelic news, visit us online at plantmediaproject.com. Together, we can end the stigma around plant medicine. Mm-hmm.